Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Johnny Ross. Johnny has been helping ambitious companies to grow for the last 25 years. It's what he loves to do, taking a data-led approach to marketing that's rooted in the latest in the latest SEO expertise. Johnny is the fractional CMO at johnnyross.com and CEO of Fleek Marketing, an award-winning digital marketing agency with strong roots in SEO. They support businesses to develop and implement effective digital marketing outline uh, online sales and engagement strategies. Johnny also runs workshops and delivers bespoke training for organizations and individuals. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure. And it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, really excited to be here. All right, great, man. So listen, we were talking a little bit in the pre-call about how awesome of a name you have for your company, Fleek Marketing. <laughs> we got to hear the story and we got to hear you know, how you started and how you became so awesome at what it is that you did. Well, yeah, I mean, the name of the company, you know, Fleek is uh, on point. It was all about, you know, SEO is my background and it was all about trying to find a name of an agency that wasn't already gone and Fleek became it. But my background, I I'm a, 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 was an optician and I uh, set up an online uh, business selling sunglasses back in 99, the dot-com boom. Uh, but what happened was, we were at the top of Google for everything, everything to do with sunglasses. It was an amazing business. We were buying direct from all the manufacturers. It was brilliant. Uh, we were bigger than than some of the big retailers. We, were, we, we knew from the buying power. But about five years later in 2004, sales dropped. And we didn't realize that we'd moved from page one, position one of Google to page seven of Google. No one ever goes to page seven of Google. And it turned out that we'd got a Google penalty. And we went through two SEO agencies over an 18-month period, spent tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, but still, 18 months later, we were still on page seven. In the end, I found a guy in New York who was on $250 an hour. I still speak to him now. And within two, week, two weeks, he fixed it and got us back to page one. And I learned all about SEO, all about Google, became very passionate about it, became very frustrated with the SEO industry. So that's how I ended up in SEO. Um, and it's, you know, you're, it's playing the game in an unfair playground. As you describe SEO, it's sort of the opposite team makes up the rules. I quite like that analogy because, you know, Google's forever changing the rules and that's what it's all about. So that's how I got into SEO and then, of course, uh, opened a marketing agency. You know, what's really interesting about SEO in particular is that, A, a lot of us were, you know, we're riding this wave of, you know, how we're going to help businesses, you know, get visible online. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the entire history lesson here. But search engine optimization at its core 
is really the foundation of what everything else is based off of, whether it's local marketing, whether it's the sushi restaurant that you drive past when you fire up Google Maps, how you're perceived online. And what happens is that you used to be able to just put words on a page and, you know, magic stuff will happen. You know, Google will automatically go and find you and everyone will just be, will just be happy. But then what happened was, you know, like a lot of people started abusing the system, right? And that's where you and I came in, right? We were trying to figure out how can we do this ethically? How can we make sure that uh, we are doing a good service for our clients by getting their website ranked for the correct keywords, for the buyer intention keywords, and really make this, you know, something that's going to be, you know, turn it into a long-term investment for the clients that we're serving. Uh, When you started the digital marketing agency and you realized that there was, that there was something to be made here. How did you go about, you know, like finding, you know, getting your name out there in order to start offering this service? Yeah, I I guess I was really lucky in the early days because Google and SEO was sort of the new yellow pages or the white pages for you guys. It was sort of the obvious place that you had to be. So the demand was really high and, you know, all you needed was the skill set to then be able to sell the the service. Um, And so I would then get, tons of recommendations and the business just grew from that really Uh, i'm an early adopter i like uh you know i like new shiny things so if there's something over there that you know a new app or a new piece of technology i can't wait to go and try it and i think that's how i learned about seo and and sort of stay ahead of the game in terms of trying and testing and experimenting and trying to trigger google penalties actually um but uh that's that's ultimately um how business came to me by staying ahead of the game in terms of my tech ability One of the things I found interesting, I thought that was one of the more interesting inventions on the Google side. And, you know, of course, the other search engines started adapting to it was, uh, you know, giving us the tools, giving us the roadmap, uh, basically the schematics of them saying, okay, you want to present data to me? Fine. Please wrap it around, you know, these parameters and then will be able to help you display it better. That's how you get, you know, like the specific, the specific interior pages on a Google, uh, you know, on a Google listing. That's how you get the excerpts. That's how you get, you know, like the, you, you know, how you define primary products versus secondary products, things like that. Talk to us a little bit about what schema is and why it's so important uh, to SEO even today. Yeah. So this is all about um, structured data. It's about if you, the way I see it is that if you imagine Google is this huge database, imagine it a bit like an Excel sheet. So there's lots of different columns, lots of different rows. With schema, you've got the ability to wrap code around content to be able to enter that data in a structured way into the relevant columns within the Excel sheet, making it really simplistic. And if you, if you do that and you can get Google to trust the data and like the data that you're inputting into its database, it's going to want to use you. And it's going to want to use you in ways where it's going to offer an enhanced experience to its users. So if you compare you giving structured data and putting that data into it, into its database compared to competitors not doing that, then you're increasing the chances of your content being used so for me it's an absolute no-brainer and and the the, you know the 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 example is that there's so many different types of schemas an example being 
there's dentistry schema. So if you're a dentist, you'd be absolutely silly not to be using dentistry schema to say to Google, look, we are an officially, officially a dentist. Here's our opening hours. Here's our, uh, here, here's the name of the dentist. Here's the, the phone numbers, all, all the contact details, but the ability to actually say we're officially a dentist. So if you, if you imagine that's just one type of schema, there's, there's thousands. And, and so it's about trying to find the right schema and marking every single bit of content up on your website. So just to be clear, we're not talking about redoing, like uh, like tearing down whatever WordPress website you already have. We're not talking about, uh, you know, doing something absolutely crazy to rewrite everything. First of all, we're talking about things that you can do under the hood, things that you do not see when you look for a website on your phone, when you look for it on the browser. The search engines are actually looking for schema behind the scenes in the code of the page, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And actually, it's reasonably easy to implement. Uh, it's difficult to tell you exactly how to implement it depending on your exact website. But take WordPress, for example, there's lots of schema plugins where you can very easily uh, add a plugin and then start adding this code behind the scenes in in the source code that Google can read. And there's other tools as well where you can layer schema on top of a website as well. So there's tools like WordLift. There's tools like InLinks. I love InLinks. It's a, it's a brilliant tool. And it allows you to, just by adding one snippet of code onto your website, you can then have a dashboard where you can control all the content in a really easy to manage way um, and uh, and start marking stuff up. And it's about trying to, to make sure that you sort of mark everything up. So everything from uh, using organization schema to mark up contact details, all the way to things like marking up FAQs using FAQ schema, uh, marking up jobs using job schema, marking up recipes using recipe schema, marking up products using product schema. So there's there's lots of different types and it's about implementing that and, and just taking product schema. If you're using Shopify or using, using WooCommerce, actually it's already there under the hood. It's about just optimizing it and it's about making sure that you sort of enter as much data as possible. What kind of jump do you see, you know, when a client comes to you and they haven't bothered to implement schema into the uh, whatever website that they put together a year or two years earlier, and then they do implement it. Somebody goes through the uh, goes through the motions of making sure that all of that content is nicely organized and uh, you know put on the site. What kind of results can you then see after you go through that effort? So it's difficult to give an average because every website is different. Every starting position is different. But if we look at if if I do force myself to give some kind of average. On average, we don't hit anything less than a 25% increase in traffic purely from adding schema across a website. Some websites, we've, you know, will increase the traffic by 800% within within 30 days. Uh, what you're also uh, achieving, though, is brand position, is taking over that uh, search results page by getting rich snippet data, by uh, getting... Um, the word's completely gone out of my mind, but getting featured snippets is the word I was looking for. So, so your content is being featured on the search results page. So not only does it increase traffic, but it it, it increases the conversion, the, it increases the click-through rate, it increases the trust. So when someone clicks through, 
they the, the trust has already been increased in terms of then them actually taking action on the website. So whether that be uh, purchasing or filling out a form, you've increased the trust factor because you've been included in, in the featured snippet. So it, it, it has a big effect and it's it's very easy to measure. Um, and, uh, and it's all about making sure that before you implement schema, you've got, you know, analytics set up. So you understand the data, you understand the traffic, the conversion rates, all of that sort of stuff. And then it's very easy to track things, to track uh, changes in ranks, to track changes in uh, traffic by purely implementing schema. So one of the things I found interesting, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, right, is that while you're trying to influence, you know, how your website or, you know, how your business is being viewed by Google, which is an external resource, what a lot of people do, what, a, what the lion's share of people do is that they go and they install Google Analytics because it's a free, and I'm putting no free in quotation marks, you know, it, it's a free product to help manage and report on the traffic, you know, that you're working on. But basically what you're doing there is that you're closing the loop. You're allowing Google to see both, you know, what's happening on the outside and what's happening on the inside at the same time. So they can actually give you a lot more information. Now, putting that big Google, you know, Satan's head off to the side for a minute, you know, how do you, uh, you know, that using these various Google provided tools really help in terms of giving you a holistic picture of what's going on on your site? Well, I thought your question was going to be slightly different. So I'll just go slightly different for a moment because benefit, the huge benefit I see of, of closing that loop and Google having access to what's actually going on in the website is making sure that you've set up event tracking, making sure that you've set up conversion tracking, especially in Google Analytics 4. Because if you can demonstrate to Google that people are actually doing things on your website, doing the things that you want them to do, whether that be uh, scrolling down a certain amount, watching a certain video, clicking a certain button, filling out a form, buying a product. If Google can see that engagement and can and can understand what's going on in your website, um, then there's a higher chance of Google using you. Now, your question was slightly different. Your question was uh, was more around uh, what? Uh, just ask me the question again. It was around what? To, what? Basically, what you're doing is that you're you're giving Google the ability to see what's going on, you know, on the back end of your site and on the front end of your site, basically, right? And when you're using, you know, it, it's like if you're in an Apple ecosystem, yeah, right? Yeah, if you're yeah, using yeah. AirPods, if you're using your iPhone and you have a MacBook Pro and then you turn iCloud on, like, um, I got to tell you, I've been, a, I've been a Mac guy for about 10 years now. I only found out about the goodness of iCloud about a year ago, <laughs> right? As soon as I realized that I can turn on an iCloud desktop and I can get any file from my desktop on my phone or on my iPad, wherever it is, dude, I am sold. It's game over. I am not going anywhere else. There's no <laughs> way you can, right? Yeah. And it yeah. would sound like those are the types of... Uh, uh, that's a type of functionality you'd be getting as well if you're just using Google products. Now, we all know that Google is not the only product out there. You can use other types of, uh, you know, of analytics tools. You can use other types of tracking. You can use other types of, uh, you know, of website programming, you know, things like that. But what it, I guess what I want to get at here is that if you're going to invest that type of effort in order to make sure that your website and your content and your business and your products all are all are presented in a cohesive way using schema you should be able to give the clearest picture possible without google needing to guess anything about who you are and why you exist oh right? absolutely and yeah and i and i think closing that gap is really important and and you know i think 
I think the way I see it is the more data you give, the more chance that you're going to be used in search results. And and the schema, one schema that I've not mentioned, which I think is so important to mention, is is same as schema. So the so the idea of this is it it's called entities and all sorts of different things. But the idea of this is that using something like Wikipedia, which Google trusts. And if you don't believe me, just Google something and you'll see that pretty much every time Wikipedia uh, appears on the first page of Google. Um, it's, it's all about taking a, a product or a service. So, you, you know, maybe you've got three different services on your website, service B, service C, service B, you take that page and you find a similar page on Wikipedia and you use schema to basically say to Google, look, this service is the same as this entry on Wikipedia. And what you're doing is you're really helping Google understand that content, that this content is about this particular thing that Wikipedia described very well. So you're, and you know, it's it's not about trying to cheat or trying to give the wrong information because that's where you can lose the trust of Google. But if you can get Google to trust you and you sort of, you know, be straight and be honest that this content is similar to uh, something on Wikipedia, then that's really going to help that trust factor and help you get used even more. I love it. Johnny, thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tend to be on LinkedIn a lot, but any platform, just at Johnny Ross, J-O-N-N-Y-R-O-S. Go to my website, johnnyross.com, no H, johnnyross.com. Would love to uh, speak to anyone uh, and uh, love talking about schema. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an excellent conversation. I love nerding out on this stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.